0: Hello, it's Paul here and welcome to The Check-In, the podcast where we talk all things British Airways. It's hosted by colleagues from across the airline with guest speakers joining us to give you the inside scoop on what's happening at the nation's flag carrier. Today, I'm joined by Molly, who will be hosting the podcast with me. Hi, Molly.
1: Thanks, Paul. Hello, everyone from Manchester. Today is our biggest and most important podcast yet, as we pay tribute to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II and her long and historic relationship with British Airways. We wanted to come together to share our memories.
0: It's a really special podcast, and today we are joined by lots of colleagues from across British Airways and all parts of the world who have a story to share. We have Jim Davis, a volunteer at our Speedbird Heritage Centre, who you may recall from our Jubilee edition back in June. Also, we're joined by Lorraine Longdon. And Sally Kennedy, who are both cabin crew for us at British Airways, and they was on Her Majesty's War visits. And we also have Marlene from Brussels, Marianne from Bermuda, and Gina from our BA headquarters. And lastly. But by no means least, we're joined by Jack, Jock Lowe, a former British Airways Chief Concord pilot who had the privilege of flying Her Majesty on many, many occasions. So, Jim, let's start with you. It's been quite a remarkable uh, event and it's been remarkable that we we're a part of Her Majesty's amazing 70-year reign. Tell me, what are some of the special moments
2: from your perspective? Hello, and it's nice to be here. I think the moment that always strikes me when looking back at this is a flight down on a BOHC terminal. From here, on January 31st, 1952, and of course, her return back as a solitary figure in black to Heathrow on the 7th of February, 52. There's so much encapsulated in that moment. I always think it's a very dramatic moment, which, of course, in the last few days has been so much shown. And it's always a very touching moment to me. There's a young girl being met by like Churchill, foot of the stairs, for start of long already.
0: And it's quite weird because obviously've obviously've seen all on the news lately um, Winston Churchill was in as our very first uh, prime minister and she served 15 prime ministers and obviously I think she served again same sort of man of um, presidents in the United States and there's no no person in the whole world that has done that how ironic that her last
2: engagement was signing up 15th, uh, with her
0: 15th trust in, uh, last week and it, it's weird as you said that obviously she left as a princess um, back in back in uh, 1950s and it came back as a queen. Back
1: as a queen. Thank you so much, Jim. It's amazing to hear these memories, which I know is shared by thousands of colleagues here at British Airways. Um, We have some of these colleagues here with us today. Lorraine, you had a really special opportunity as cabin crew to fly Her Majesty on the first leg of her Commonwealth tour in 2006. Can you just tell me a little bit more about that, please? Uh, Yes. I remember it was
3: a Sunday afternoon and my husband said to me that British Airways had called and was trying to get in touch with me and and all I kept thinking was what for?
4: (laughs) When when I got
3: home I returned the call and it was my manager uh, asking me if I would like to do this flight which at the time I was absolutely overwhelmed with um, it probably is the highest award that you could probably give a cabin crew member, and um, I was a support CSD on the flight, uh, looked after the royal household um, again, and it's and then starts the feeling of um, being excited, being anxious, oh uh, the responsibility. Um, What will I wear? Oh, my uniform. (laughs) (laughs) You you understand silly things that you think of. But I was just so overwhelmed with pride. And if I never did anything else in my career, it was worth that particular flight and having the opportunity to do it. Um, And I mean, we had meetings beforehand for preparation of what was expected of us and protocols for the flight. Um, that was all very interesting. Got to meet the rest of the cabin crew. That's where I met Sally. And um, Sally had um, been part of a team before that had done Royal Flights and she was r- really inspiring for me and made me feel at ease because it, it, it's a big day. It's a big day for everybody. Um, I remember when we went, we t- had pictures taken in the Compass Centre Um, which we still have and uh, we went out to the aircraft and prepped the aircraft for the arrival and i remember sally and i stood at the top of the triple seven stairs at door two left and the queen arrived with the duke of edinburgh and she was driving herself i I remember thinking (laughs) yes we both said she's driving herself um at the time she was 80 um and um it was such such a proud moment to 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 do it for my queen and also for the airline. And um, they came up the steps, the doors shut, and we went. Um the next time I saw her, I had to give some information to Stephen Lewis, who was a CSD, the cabin Service Director in charge of the operation, and I had to walk through the royal cabin. And on the way back, um I walked past her and she was sitting in her seat and I I curtsied awkwardly because I wasn't (laughs) quite sure what to do Uh, but she smiled at me and it just made me feel such at ease you know and uh, and I carried on and um, and then the next time I saw her was when we disembarked in Singapore and um, she was standing like a foot in front of me um, and I just thought wow it's just like watching my grandmother but yeah it was just an amazing time. Of course the other thing is when you you are given that privilege. You can't share it with anybody mm-hmm. until after the flight has taken place. So we were not allowed to tell anybody. So you have to keep all that inside as well. So I remember getting off the flight and um, you know going on the phone to my family afterwards and saying, yeah, what a wonderful privilege and, and how what it, what a special day that was.
0: And, and Sally, you also operated, operated a number of Royal Flights as a cabin crew. What stories can you share?
5: oh paul i can honestly say i was privileged on it and extremely lucky to have ever been able to partake in any of those um, royal tours um it's a heart-stopping moment when her majesty boards the aircraft and looks at you with those bright eyes and that bright smile and whatever nerves you've been suffering from prior to that they're put at ease because she's at ease and she puts you at ease um I've been really lucky, five Royal Tours I've been involved with, and um, the aircraft is customised And depending on where you go, how long the flight is, and if it's an overnighter. And um, without saying too much, the aircraft is customised and it uh, has a bedroom and dressing area in it. And on this particular flight, myself and one of my colleagues were um, to dress the beds appropriately with all the bedding that had been sent all pristinely from the palace and we opened the bedding and um, we uh, concentrated on making a nice bed hospital corners neat and tidy and comfortable for her majesty um, and and uh, we weren't sure if we'd got it right because of course everybody's bed making is personal mm-hmm. and how their bed is is personal One of the household boarded, and we said to him, Is this right? Is this okay? And he said, Perfect, perfect. Except, where's the crest? And we said, What crest? He said, The embroidered crest. (laughs) And we looked at each other, and we knew we had to unmake the bed until we found the stick. (laughs) At the other end of the bed. So we remade the bed appropriately with the fold back with the royal crest at the top, and we were very proud of ourselves. Um, Yeah, it was just a wonderful experience. Um, On one of my other flights, I was acutely aware that a lot of the crew who are on that Royal flight don't actually get to see Her Majesty and um, Prince Philip. So I arranged for us all to be lined up on the jetty so that she passed us by um, because she'd been off to have a little visit somewhere. And um, everyone got to do their appropriate, well-practiced courtesy and or chin knot, depending. And um, when we did, when we were on the aircraft, she actually said to me, "It was so nice to meet all the team, okay. and uh, they were all really proud and honoured to meet her too." And I just, there, there are sometimes there are no words. And every head of state and every country we went to, everybody that was meeting her was so, so excited and so proud to meet her. But my favourite one was the Sultan of Oman. He's, stood at the bottom of those steps at the top of that red carpet and he would not look away and I stood at the door waiting to close the door and the equerry said to me why haven't you closed the door and I said I'm waiting I'm waiting for them to come and close the door anyway I went into the cabin and I looked out the window and she said what's he doing and I said oh he's waiting to see you off she said he'll be blown away (laughs) (laughs) And it's true what people were saying because they said she's absolutely seem
0: to seem to yeah. be seem to be believed.
5: Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And share
0: that wicked sense of humour which everyone's been saying these last few days.
5: Absolutely. So I went and uh, pulled back the railings and closed the door. Acutely aware that I was closing the door on the Sultan of Oman who was looking up Faithfully up at the door. So then, once the door was closed, he was able to turn his back because, as we all know, you don't turn you never turn your back on the Queen. And he was just refusing to move until we closed that door. It was such a lovely respect, such a lovely respect for her. Uh, it was just an honour to be involved with it all, and it's quite surreal, and it's quite upsetting now that actually we're talking about her in the past tense. Mm-hmm.
0: And also, uh, Marianne's joining us from Bermuda. You had the chance to meet the Queen when she came to
6: Bermuda. Is that right? Um, yes, I, I did. Um, and um, it actually was an amazing experience for me. Um, uh, as, as you may know, um, uh, Bermuda is um, uh, the United Kingdom's oldest dependent territory. Um, and the Queen is, um, is loved very much loved, and it's awful to say was, um, but she will be loved forever by those of us on our little island of 22 square miles. And as the airport manager in Bermuda, I was just absolutely overwhelmed to be um, involved in the preparation of handling the Royal Flight when it came in. Um, uh, Sally just reminded me that she was a member of that uh, that cabin crew that brought the uh, Her Majesty and the Duke of Edinburgh to Bermuda in 2019. Um, And I was even more um, overwhelmed when the then governor of Bermuda um, said to me, oh, I'm going to uh, actually introduce you to the queen, uh, to her majesty when she um, departs Bermuda. Um, And I thought, wow, um, (laughs) how on earth did I get the honor of this? Um, And um, I was obviously very nervous about it. I had a couple of days to think about it because she was with us for um, two nights on the island. And, um, and I thought, well, um, I'm just going to, uh, be myself, uh, practice my curtsies, um, and, um, and just, just go with it because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for me. Um, well, nothing could have been easier. What an amazing lady. Um, she was so easy to talk to. She was, um, en- very engaged, um, asking me lots of questions. Um, uh, she started off, and I'll never forget this, well, by saying, well, hello, Marianne. So you run things here, do you? And I said, yes, Your Majesty. And, um, and she then continued to ask me how I enjoyed um, working for British Airways. Um, you know, I lived, did I, was, was I born on the island? And I said, yes, I was. And she said, oh, you, you, um, you're from a beautiful place. And she said, you must meet lots of people and um like i do and she had this smile and i said yes your majesty i do meet a lot but i'm sure i don't meet anything like you do and she said yes when we meet people she said a lot of them are very nice but some not so nice (laughs) and i thought that's that cheeky sense of humor that she had and it was just so so easy to talk to her And that couple of minutes um you know just went by so quickly but um I will be forever grateful for that, and and I also had the then chance to speak to the Duke of Edinburgh, um, who was asking me, Sally, if I was coming with you, and yes. I said, unfortunately, no, I I had to to run things on, on the island, but um, it's it's just a memory that will stay with me forever, and um, I am just so grateful for that, and what a wonderful wonderful lady, mm-hmm. um, and as far as I'm concerned, she should be known as Queen Elizabeth the Great. I think some of former UK Prime Minister has said, has said that and, and to me and she will always be that. She was absolutely fantastic.
0: Well thank you for sharing that story and thank you for joining us at, uh, because your early hours at I think it's like seven o'clock in the morning but thank you for um, dialing in and sharing that wonderful story of that time she came to Bermuda on that world tour. Um, We've to done it. No pleasure. Thank you. Uh, we're going to move over to uh, Jock, who's a former uh, BA, former Chief Concorde pilot. And again, you had many chances of uh, having the Queen on board your flights.
2: Yes, I did. I did, Paul. It was always a, an honour and a privilege for both BA and, and for the people uh, who were involved in the flights. But the, uh, the Queen was always friendly and discreet and uh, kind. So So it was... Whilst there was a great deal of tension on these flights to make sure everything went uh, like clockwork, Um, she was able to put put you at ease, as you've heard already. Um, Meticulous planning didn't always work out, though. The first time she flew on Concorde was when uh, the Concorde went out in 1977, I think, to meet her and bring her back from Barbados. She was on the Royal Yacht. And the unscripted part was the captain did a very low flypast of the royal yacht, and the queen is an iconic picture of her waving uh, at the Concord, uh, taken from the deck of, of the of the Britannia. And years years later, I had, was fortunate to meet the queen, and she still remembered that occasion. She made she brought it up. She said, "Yes, I waved at uh, at the Concord." Um, the other times that, that things quite, didn't quite go to plan were always such tiny detail that most people didn't notice. But on her flight, uh, we, when we flew her and uh, Duke of Edinburgh to Barbados, we arrived and um, we missed the red carpet. Um, but we'd have made the contingency plans. The door opened on time and uh, Her Majesty didn't say say a word. Uh, and uh, one of my memories was when we flew uh, again uh, the royal couple to Ottawa, and th- that was for the 125th anniversary of the founding of Canada in I think 1992, and 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 again it all went 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 fine, and the airplane the Concorde behaved m- meticulously as it as it did. The engineers put a lot of effort into it. Uh, But on the way back, um, the speed was below Mark 2. It was actually Mark 1.9, 1.9 times the speed of sound. And uh, this is on the flight back to London. We're quite far north of uh, Greenland, where the temperature in the upper atmosphere is higher than it is further south. And uh, it seems wrong, but it is. And we had to slow down because we've reached the maximum speed of Concorde, which 127 degrees Celsius for those that, uh, that follow that sort of thing. And uh, so I was uh, called back and uh, I was talking to Her Majesty and who, after saying hello and so on, she wanted to know why we were flying slower than Mark II. So first of all, she'd noticed, and secondly, she wanted to know. And it wasn't enough to just say, well, it's because it's hot. Um, I had to explain about maximum temperatures and how the airframe heated up and so on. And and uh, she really wanted to know what was going on. And uh, the last time I flew, I was to to New York, uh, sorry, to Washington, where she went off on a tour of Florida and, and uh, went to Houston. Um, so it was a privilege. It was always great. It was always enjoyable after the event, I have to say. But we in BA were so lucky to have that honour of always been able to fly her. And she went on so, so many trips. And as far as I can tell, she was always very content with the service that we gave to her. Uh, so, yes, it was an honour and privilege for, for me and I think for everybody as you've heard that were involved in it.
1: Now, it's great to hear about our long and special relationship with Her Majesty from early on in her reign, but we also have some colleagues who had the privilege of meeting Her Majesty at British Hour's centenary event in 2019. Gina, you met the Queen. Um, Can you just, again, tell me a little bit more about that, please?
7: Yes, I did, Molly. Um, I had the great honour and privilege of meeting Her Majesty the Queen as I volunteered um, for an opportunity to wear um, a British Airways uniform of the past. And when I applied, um, I had no details of what the event was. And when I was chosen, I was absolutely delighted. However, uh, when I found out it was because the Queen was coming to visit um, for, uh, the, to mark the centenary of British Airways um, for the event in 2019, it was just I was just over the moon. I couldn't believe it. Um the uniform I wore was designed by Paul Costello and when I joined Bridge Sherry's nearly 25 years ago, that was the uniform I wore as cabin crew, so that made it um, quite special as well. Um, I just remember arriving on that day um, and it was very early and there was a huge buzz in, in Waterside at the headquarters. And uh, we found out at the briefing that I was going to be individually um, introduced, which I had no idea about. I thought I was just going to be standing in a lineup, and the Queen would would walk on by. So already, my you know, I was getting a bit nervous about that. and. Uh, and then um, we were waiting in the Heritage Centre and Jim, who spoke earlier, um, was bringing the Queen into the Heritage Centre. And I could hear all the cheers outside. Obviously, everybody, there's so many people there to uh, to see her. And um, so he came in and my heart was pounding. Honestly, I couldn't have believed it as to it was I thought it was like pounding out my chest and uh, and she came over and uh, Jim introduced us individually um, and he I I curtsied but she shook my hand and I wasn't expecting that either and you know we sort of exchanged good mornings to each other Um, and I just remember at that moment she was right in front of me smiling away beautifully dressed and um, thinking wow this lady is amazing and she stood Right in front of me, and I was so lucky that a British Airways photographer um, captured that moment. And um, I've actually seen it in Waterside um, in the last sort of uh, few days of that the, that moment. And I've got it in a frame in my house that I look at every day, and um, reminded of you know what amazing person she was, um, and being dressed in a British Airways uniform that you know is a memory not forgotten, um, a memory of a lifetime really.
0: And uh, um, Marlene, as one of our airport managers in Europe, you're joining us from Belgium today. Hello, from the English. Can <laughs> you tell us more about the time you met the Queen at BA headquarters?
4: Uh, yeah, I saw her on Centenary in 2019, and it was actually really truly a memorable day. Um, I was so happy, and I felt really privileged to be part of this and to witness this event. Um, Everyone was standing in the glass hall and in the courtyard. Everyone was waving little flags as she walked over the red carpet and she was accompanied by the people of her her court and people of security. It was really impressive, to be honest. Um, And you could say that the the atmosphere in the whole area was electric. Um, As she walked by, she was, as always, walking very graciously, beautifully dressed. She wore a high blue a suit and and a hat as she always does and I do really admire her for carrying out her job as we say with a smile and at her age I believe she was 93 at the time I think she was really a brave lady doing all this all the time and as well from an international perspective uh, we feel her presence across the world for instance, I believe she had a strong bond with the Belgian royal family. Mm-hmm. And as far as I've heard, she attended only one state funeral. And it was the one of the former King Baudouin who died. And she attended his funeral as they both became head of state around the same time when they were young. Mm-hmm. Um, they were both inexperienced, And I believe they had a, a good relationship. And that was the only time that she actually went to another funeral. So... She was a great queen and she will be missed by all of us, by everyone all over the world.
1: Thank you, Marlene. That's a fantastic story. And I know thousands of other colleagues will have the same feelings of that special day.
0: Yeah, it's uh, been uh, a very extraordinary podcast today. Uh, paying tribute to her majesty the queen so much will be said in the days ahead about the meaning of her historic reign and we hope the conversation today has helped to tell the story of our long and historic relationship and many many special connections our colleagues have with her majesty when she traveled with us as the queen once did say grief is the price we pay for love thank you for listening and see you next time